giant stalker, dragon stalker, crypt stalker, demon stalker, rift stalker, grown stalker, grip stalker, scourge stalker, wind runner. I'm a pony, lead skill hunter. Welcome to episode 206 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Darkbrew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. I'm Solar Flare from the Warcraft Hunters Union Cloak and Quiver and Once Converts Raid. I'm Delirium from Thrill of the Wild, the Warcraft Hunters Union, and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast, WoW Insider, and Bendak WoW on Twitter. Today is Sunday, December 7th, 2014, and we are broadcasting live on Twitch TV. You can participate in the live chat room where our lovely moderator, Alessandra, is there to take your questions. All right, and so we've got a good show, actually, today. This was a a, a busy week for, for a while. We kind of made that next step with the High Mall raid uh, open, and I think we all had a chance to to dive into there, I'm sure, with different levels of progression, so I figured it would be good to start off and let, let's talk about our impressions of the raid and see how everybody's did and enjoying it thus far. Uh, Solar, how about you? I know okay, you're I'll a, go first. a very sure, competitive not? guild, so I'm curious to see how things went for you and your, your, your team. Yeah, so we, we, the first night we decided to do a normal clear um, just to kind of get a grip of the instance and maybe fill in a couple of like gear slots we didn't already have. So we cleared the normal high mall easy one night. Um, there were some pretty good fights. Uh, then we went into heroic after that, and we cleared all the way up to the last boss again, and we had a 7% wipe. Um, but we're going to go back in it on Monday, and hopefully we can clean it up and start Mythic like everybody else. Um, and the race is going to on Tuesday as well. Um, there were some really good fights, though. Like A couple of them were kind of pushovers, like just tank and spanks, but I felt like for the majority, uh, there were a lot of good encounters that gave um, hunters a nice little niche to do something for the raid uh, like on Korag soaking the orbs is really awesome aspect of the fox was being used like all the time um, there's some good stuff hunters can do in the raid uh, already that kind of um, separate them from the rest of the uh, range DPS that we do exceptionally well at cool cool how about you delirium what did, what did you guys end up doing oh so we went in and decided you know and mostly most people were I think 630 ish not a lot of people had the BOEs or anything. And we decided, oh, we don't need normal. We'll just go in and uh, tackle heroic straight <laughs> That's off. ambitious, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thinking like normal, it's supposed to be the... You're supposed to go straight from heroic dungeons to what's now called heroic. That was the normal, you know, back back before Warlords of Draenor. But it looks like it's tuned a little high. We, we cleared through Kargath, I think, real quick. Uh, no problems there, but got to the butcher and we were <laughs> yeah. just, you know, thousands of DPS average, our average DPS was thousands lower than you could finish it on the, uh, uh, for the enraged timer, the hard enraged timer for it. So <laughs> we decided to go back and do a little bit of, uh, the normal modes and see if we could uh, make our way through. So I think tonight we're going back into, uh, heroic. And see if that helped uh, getting all the normal stuff. But yeah, it was it was fun. I I like most of the bosses. I've seen uh, all of the normal ones on beta, uh, and you know everything's tuned a little more tightly right now. So that's kind of fun. I liked all the hunter jobs. 
I like that we still have plenty <laughs> of ways to cheese mechanics as hunters, as we should. Uh, so yeah, I'm having fun with it, I guess. Awesome. I, I've awesome. been running almost purely MM. I think we'll maybe talk about that later, but uh yeah, we can we can we can get to that in a minute. And how about you, Bendek? Did you what did you how far did you end up getting? What did you do? Uh <clears throat> well my guild's pretty casual, so we had a lot of people that were just like starting heroics and uh a lot of slow levelers. So I only killed the first boss in two separate groups because I've I found out that you can use your bonus roll again on the same boss in the same week, which is pretty cool. Of course I just got gold, but so yeah, we just did the first boss, got people some gear, and we even went in another night with a few people and <laughs> cleared the trash because they're dropping so many epics, BOE epics. I actually got a cloak from there with the socket. Cool. Yeah, I've heard that that uh, a lot of groups are starting to do almost like they used to do with uh, Ice Crown Citadel when that first came up and doing the yeah. rep farming and, and, and the BOE farming. I can't, I can't believe that. When was the last time you've seen someone be like, hey, we're going to do some trash players for BOEs? Like, I couldn't believe it either. Like, a thing of the past, yeah. yeah. My, guild, my uh, raid leader was like, yeah, we're going to do some trash runs. You, you in? I'm like, trash runs? I'm like, okay, I guess I'll show up for a couple and see what happens. First pack of trash, <laughs> epic drops. Mike, all right, I'm in. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I think some folks from our guild are going to head in there tonight. But yeah, my guild's probably similar to yours, Bendek, and we, we're very, very much casual. So, I mean, we had raids going almost every night uh, from from Tuesday with varying levels of, of progression. So uh, I managed to at least defeat Kargath in both normal and heroic mode. Um, took a look at the the Butcher and then spent some time on um, and Spore and got peg doing the creeping moss with the with the flamethrower so we can talk a little bit about those mechanics and 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 who's best suited for that but that's an interesting that was an interesting fight and interesting trying to get used to used to that flamethrower but uh for the most part yeah i've been i've been doing the the marksmanship uh with lone wolf um and i'm starting to get used to it now it's it's i'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable with it than uh when I started out. So I'm feeling a little bit better about that. And I mean, and the issue with that isn't so much the lone wolf talent where, where you have the pet or don't. I mean, it's just getting used to that basic, all those casted uh, abilities, aim shot, steady shot and managing the focus. I mean, it's been, it's been a good experience so far though. I mean, why don't we dive into that? I mean, solar, I guess you've been doing, has everyone been doing marksman? What have you been running with? Yeah. Marksman with lone wolf, I think is a fairly, uh, accurate statement as to the best yielding DPS spec for this tier right now. Um, the only fight, I mean, we were talking about this before the show, but the only fight that I actually went BM on uh, was for Tectus. Uh, towards the end of the fight, the cleave is actually really, really good, and it starts to pick back up again. Like, it like it falls off, right? Because, like, the first two, uh, or, like, the first half of the fight is just single target, and then, like, an additional target cleave, if even. But then the end, you have a lot of AoE targets, and then it just catches right back up again. Um so I just decided to do cleaving for that fight. But, I mean, overall, yeah, you're going to get the most bang for your buck with Marks. I think we want to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, or do we want to kind of break down our thoughts between um, some folks who are having Yeah, some, well, why, why don't we worries. do this? Why don't, why don't we go through maybe just each one of these encounters and talk about what we what we can do as hunters and what specs. Okay. And then we can yeah, sure. get to the Marksman one down a little bit down. But, you know, the first boss is Kargath Blade Fist, which... I, I like the fact that they opened up with a first fight out of the gate. You're you're fighting one of the warlords, which I thought was kind of kind of neat. It was a good way to kind of 
get into the raid and feel like you're like, okay, yeah, I've heard of this guy so far. And yeah, you know. it was kind of satisfying, right? Like you've yeah. seen him so far and you've been fighting him and he's, he's been a staple part of some of those quest lines. So it was like, cool. Yep. Justice is served. So it was nice. Um, it's, I didn't find it to be that technically challenging mm-hmm. a fight. <laughs> um, you know, it was, people talk about the butcher being patchwork like in tank and spank, but this one, you know, unless you get thrown up into the stands and have to do that duty, you can pretty much, there's a lot of opportunities to just stand there and shoot, <laughs> yep. which I kind of like. Precisely. Yeah. It, I mean, and usually we, the, the melee is nominated to do the chain, um, go up into the stands, but there was some cool tips we can do, uh, as hunters on Cargath. I would say the main one is if we get berserker rush, we're great classes to be able to kite it out. So I don't know if people still run with post haste, but you can just disengage away. Um, the longer he stays in his fixate form, um, and heroic and onward, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he takes more damage. So by the time Korgath reaches you and you can like kite it out, you can pop two charges of deterrence, and that will keep him in his kite phase longer, so the raid can do even more damage to him. And then you can run him into the fire pillar to break it. I, I, didn't, cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there you go. Cool. And then if you guys even want to carry that on, I'll, I'll drop some mythic strats on you. If you have a mage, you can actually bait uh the fixate so he can ice block and then in the ice block you can do a hand of protection from paladin so you can make this huge long chain of immunities um so you can tunnel cargath and get extra damage well i wanted to ask about that because i know if we feign death it will he'll hilarious story about drop that, his know? fixate <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh we it was like our we we just made it by uh, the skin of our teeth on our heroic kill um, because we had a really weird ending. So one of the hunters got fixated in the raid and we think he feigned death, but like 30 people died, not 30, but like seven people died in like in, in one second. So it was something had to have been up because he was still alive and like other eight other people were dead and, and he's fixating all over the place now. And we're just like, okay, yeah, don't feign death if he's on you because that's just going to cause him to turn around and start cleaving everybody behind him. So don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> be careful. Bad and and we're not the only class too. I mean, some there are other other classes too that have those types of things where they can kind of just drop the fixate. And it's the same same results. Um but yeah, I found that to, I noticed that, oh, you can feign death, but that just seems like a, a really bad idea unless you hate your raid. <laughs> hey, I I could see if you if you're really trying to push that fixate, you could pull him far away from the raid feign death and then he'll pick somebody on the other side the trouble is it comes in usually he's trying to get past the group and you feign death and he immediately turns around and is beside somebody so So, they don't have time to react now were any of you part of the the group that went up into the stands or did we all get to stay on the floor and the arena floor and just just dps Uh, i was in the stands i volunteered for it because bm's pretty good up there actually so yeah, why don't you talk about that? So you ran it as, as Beast Mastery, and and you went up in the stands, which probably which makes sense, right? Because there's a lot of AOE, a lot of ads up there. So how did that how did that seem to go for you? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, like uh, using misdirection and barrage, you can pull a ton of stuff to your tank, and it's just uh, you just do a ton of damage up there. It's nice. I mean, and and like it doesn't matter if you over pull stuff because. Your pet can even take some of the aggro from some of the stuff and take the hits, especially with adaptation. So I noticed that a lot too, where my pet had a, had a few mobs on it, and it was doing fine. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's nice to see that you know hunters are well suited just for all aspects of of that fight. But 
I don't know. I don't know how well it would be if you were a marksman, though, to go up in the stands. I don't think it would be yeah, nearly as effective. Yeah. You were actually say, taking stuff up there with your pet. You you actually were <laughs> turning his uh, tauntaun and stuff. No, I didn't have his tauntaun, but his beast cleave just generates so much threat on like, oh, yeah, so some of the stray just, mobs. Like some stuff on the side before the tank picks it up, you know. Think we could go up with a few hunters and no tank? I think you could. That's at least on normal. Like for sure, you could. Send the melee to do it. We'll just tunnel the boss. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of had fun doing the chain thing. It's kind of fun getting tossed up there. It's a cool animation. Makes you really dizzy. <laughs> yeah, that and animation's awesome. Getting thrown up there at the very end because like every, all the melee was dead. Yeah. Yeah, I had a similar thing. It was like towards the end of the fight and most people were dead. And so, yeah, I got swung up there. Just to, It was fun just to see what it was like. But it is a very cool animation just to sit there and watch whether you're you're in it or not <clears throat> just be careful of those skulls on the ground because they could pop up at any time and if you're running over top of one of them and it pops up it like knocks you back that happened to me once and then it sent two tanks up and yeah that was a disaster <laughs> was it the skull is that the totem fire thing yeah oh, okay yeah anyone get a uh, life gripped by their priest into a tiger pit no but that is pretty <laughs> funny <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, well, one of our hunters got thrown up on the uh, stadium, right? And so he disengaged down, but he disengaged down right into the Into a pit? Yeah, right I, into it. It's really good. Yeah, and just depending if you're, held, if you're topped off, they won't necessarily kill you in one shot. I, I noticed that, you know, you can maybe take one hit. And Did you fall in there too? Uh, no, I, I had, no, not accidentally, but there were a few times when, you know, we called a wipe and I said, well, I'll just jump in the tiger pit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the first time I did it, you know, he swiped and punted me out when I was, but I wasn't dead. I was like, oh, got to go in here again. <laughs> but, but overall, I thought Cargath was a, was a good opening fight. You know, it was, it, it was fun. You know, it's not too, too technical, but you know, you do have to, you do have to pay attention to what you're doing. We had, um, I think the big thing, the big mistake I noticed from people in our group was not staying spread out enough, not staying seven yards spread out. And when he did that blade dance, they were just spreading around too much damage and the healers were kind of getting ticked off about that. The biggest problem their... in my group was people not uh, pre-positioning themselves for the fixate, like close to one of mm -hmm. the fire fire mm -hmm. pillars. But as long as you get that, as long as you know that's the fire pillar thing's coming, or the fixate, just get near, somewhat near a fire pillar and you should be good. Uh, and I believe, too, the fire pillars have an animation. If you see one with some black smoke billowing out the top, that's one that's getting ready to burn out. So if you see that and you know it's coming close to fixate, you can be pretty confident that that fire pillar is the one that's going to go away when, when the time comes. Yeah, don't run over it like me. <laughs> so... Well, the second fight was was the butcher, and a lot of people describe this as a patchwork style fight, which kind of had me excited because I figured, all right, this is great. I'll be able to just stand here and shoot. But I ended up getting uh, the job where I was sort of had to bounce around between the couple yeah. of melee groups, and it was not a patchwork fight at that point in time. It was a lot of a lot more movement than I was planning on. Uh, yeah, there's but, a bit of a dance. Um... I think I think yeah, hunters are pretty good at being able to control uh, what group the debuff is going on. Uh, a lot of foxes were using like offensively, just so I didn't lose mm -hmm. my sniper training yep. as moved back and forth. Um, 
But yeah, the the butcher's pretty cool. I mean, it's not too bad like from a hunter perspective. You just DPS. But I mean, if you want to block some damage when he like knocks you back and he's about to run and do that cleave, and you've got high stacks, I just pop the turns. I'm like, there's no way I'm even risking it. Um, that way, so when he does charge your group, it, you don't have any issues with it at all, and then you can just run back into your stack location. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty easy. It was just tunnel, 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 and then hopefully, um. Your group bouncing is good and everything lines up. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, mainly, mainly I've been trying to find ways to mitigate the damage, right? Instead of, I mean, there's a, there's a couple spots where you can do a little bit more DPS, but it ends up just being kind of like padding, right? I, th I think the most we can do right now in, in uh, these raid encounters is just find really good ways to try and help the raid or, or save ourselves. There's really no like uh, crazy DPS tricks. Really. Right. Oh, and what about talents? A barrage or glaive toss what are you guys preferring right now for some of these fights at least for I'd these first two definitely glaive toss if you're on the ground in Kargath and on the butcher uh as mm with lone wolf with that if we're mm -hmm. assuming that you know up in the stands definitely barrage but for the other two for pure single target i think glaives is coming off way up top for lone wolf marksmanship I, I think I might have the unpopular opinion here, but I, I've been, I, I, there's, I see no reason to go with Glaive Toss. Like, I understand the benefits of the focus cost that it saves, like, tremendously, but I mean, like, Barrage out DPS's Glaive Toss, like, 8 to 1. It's, how, where are you getting that? Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely no issue with the benefit of Barrage. The uh, issue is the DPS you gain from aim shots. So uh, I think we had this discussion back in beta, Solar, or I thought really? actually you were the one who brought it to my attention that uh, you the if you just cast aim shots because they're so low focus cost if you're taking thrill right. and uh, getting crits, you can cast so many of those, uh, and barrage means you have to stop casting those stop and casting. cast twelve steady, you know, not twelve, but <laughs> some amount of steady shots. So yes. I think that's where the difference is coming out. And I don't think it's huge. So you're just, I mean, how many more aims is it over the course of, say, like six or seven minutes? Is it, is it like a, a noticeable amount? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the I'll logs. Let's go look at some logs. Yeah. Azertharian was pointing out a few of them on the, uh, Hunter channel. Uh, maybe it was on MMOC. I don't know where, but it looked like it, I mean, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head how many it was, but it looked like people were getting significantly more, especially during that careful aim period where they're really important. Yeah, I might. Okay, I'll go back to the drawing board on that one. I, I won't throw it out completely, but yeah, I was just telling people, I'm like, look, if if you play with thrill and you play at a high enough focus, barrage should never really be a hindrance on your focus game. Like a lot, I, I feel like a lot of people thought that barrage was so expensive and everything else was so expensive that they were just sitting at like low focus all the time instead of like I don't know, say sixty or seventy. Um, but yeah, if it, if it allows for more aims because you have to channel less, I mean, and I couldn't even tell you how many times I think I've clipped off the last like half second of barrage because I hit a steady shot or something. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I can get down with that. Yeah, and I can I can actually see I haven't tried it myself, but I've been wondering if a if you just ignored that tier during careful aim, and then only used barrage at the rest sure. of the times, if yeah, it would I mean, still if, come out behind or not. It might be. Yeah, we should look at that because I think that might be a more preferable option. I mean, like sure you might not use maybe what one or two barrages if you not not even that probably one barrage careful aim phase goes by pretty quickly um but yeah i wonder if that would be more idea something to look at um for bm i pretty much use barrage exclusively mm -hmm. it's uh 
with the Beast of Wrath, you get like the low low cost barrage, and that comes up so often. Like every, I guess it's every third barrage, and I don't know. It's 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 really nice for BM. I never really have a focus problem with it. Yeah, that's awesome with the Beast of Wrath. Yeah, if there is one thing I miss, it's it's BM's reduced focus cost during Beast yes. of Wrath. There's no yeah. doubt about that at all. Yeah, I mean, so. rapid fire feels like a a bestial wrath for for marksmanship, but it's still you don't get the the focus reduction unless you're lucky and get that thrill of the hunt proc right off the bat. Oh my gosh, is you is know? it not the greatest thing in the world when you get yeah. like three thrill of the hunt procs back to back on your opener? I mean, it's it's amazing with rapid fire up or lust up through all of that. I mean, I've I've started to burst over 50k now. It's just mm-hmm. it's through the roof. Love yeah it. Hunt. Yeah, Thrill of the Hunt, I, I find that it's much better. Uh, it's really a nice talent. Like I said, in the beginning with the rapid fire and everything else, if you get it right off the bat, you're just you're just like, you feel like you hit the jackpot. <laughs> and you're definitely uh, crushing the meters, I think, at, at that point in time. It feels really good. And then, of course, it all wears off, and then you're back to normal. But but in those moments, it's, yeah, it's a lot like uh, the way Beast Mastery was in parts of Siege of Orgrimmar when the, their, their opener DPS was was so high. At times, and, and marksman's kind of at that point now. It seems to me. But but, yeah, but especially back... on Bitcher, I was feeling like I had this amazing burst, and then I would just be really dull for you know three or four minutes. And I, I kept thinking like, why is my DPS so low? And I realized it's because we weren't getting to the thirty-five percent. So the, at the uh, at the front end, we're huge. In the it's, middle, it's we're kind of lame. Yeah. And then I, at the I've end, never... I jumped up three or four k. Yep, I've never seen hunters act that way on the meters before. This is the first time I've ever seen this. It's where you spike really high at the beginning, yeah. and then you fall all the way down, and then that 35% hits, and you just say goodbye to everybody else because you're gunning for the top. And you, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I remember I was in like 7th or 8th on Butcher, and then we hit 35%, and you finish first because the kill shot is just, it's it hits so hard. Like it was, it was going over 100k, and if you double tap that and you get 200k damage and two globals, like you're on fire. No one's going to compete with that. Yeah, kill shot. I'm very happy with the way they changed that, and it it does feel like a, a kill shot, and it's a, it feels you know very meaningful shot right there, right there at the end. Uh, I love it. You know, people get people know this too, and they get excited. You know, when you have multiple hunters in the group, you know, they just can't wait to get to that kill shot range because mm-hmm. they know, you know, the hunters are gonna are gonna come through hopefully. Yeah, it's kind of funny. A lot of other, you know, the support classes, they get upset when we wipe at like, you know, one percent, two percent. I get really upset when we wipe at thirty-six <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah I'm, happy, I'm happy that BM still has kill shot too. It's just it's yeah. too bad survival doesn't because it's such a fun ability. It it really is. And I mean and BM doesn't get it at thirty five percent, right? That's just marksman, I believe. Yeah, they get yeah. it at twenty percent, yeah. Twenty percent. So it'd be nice if, if BM got it. If they did the same thing for them, because it is nice to see thirty-five percent. You're like, oh wow, kill shot, yes. You know, um, but yeah. So so far we had two good fights, and like I said, you know, if you don't have to do the uh, boy, if you can get in the range group for the butcher and don't have to go up top for uh, Cargeth, you're really talking about really stand and shoot opportunities in those fights. Um, I guess the third one. I mean, you can sort of choose between. Tectus and, and, and Brackenspore, I think, but uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Tectus as probably the third one. Um, I don't think that one's stand and shoot. I didn't get to, to look at him. I've, I've read over all the details of that fight, but why don't we talk about that one? <laughs> see what, what hunters can do here. 
Yeah, so there, yeah, there aren't really many standstill opportunities in Texas. It's a super high movement fight for your entire raid. Um, so here is where Beast Mastery starts to look a lot more appealing, just because you're going to get a lot less uh, uptime on sniper training than you normally would on, say, like Kargath or Butcher. And I mean, like, a lot less. Because you have to run clouds out of the raid and you have to, you know, move around these giant mountains that spawn. Like, it's not really a movement friendly fight. Uh, and since BM has like de like pretty decent single target and it's got great AOE and, and you know two three four target cleave, it makes it a pretty ideal candidate for this fight. I would entertain the idea of you guys trying it out. Um, but Marksman puts up fairly well. Like I went BM, the other hunter went Marks, and we both pretty much just evened out the same at the end of the fight. It was basically I decided to do my damage split up over all of the ads where he decided to just hit two or three really hard. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was about the same. So I guess it's just pick your poison. But, uh, I mean, there aren't many great hunter tips for this fight, I found. It's, there's just like, you can, yeah, you can disengage over the clouds. Like, that's a nice little trick if you want to get back to the group. Uh, but other, yeah, other than that, it's, it's just mainly, um, heavy movement. So you just got to watch where you're at. Yeah. And there was a note in here about, uh, using aspect of the fox, uh, for the healers, I guess, in this one. Yeah, get the there's, there's a few Dooms. spots where it gets a little dodgy to heal. Yeah, I mean, have have you found that folks in the raid have gotten used to Aspect of the Fox? I mean, I, I, my group, I mean, I have to remind them and say, hey, you know, how do you want to use this? I mean, no one, I don't think anyone's really, at least in our group, isn't comfortable with the idea and doesn't really know what to do with it right now it's to the point where I end up using it partially for my, to help myself yeah, <laughs> more, I, so, more so than the group. Yeah. I felt like I kind of had to beg my druid to tell me when they were going to use Trank and if they needed to move to call it out. So it just, I don't know, nobody was thinking about it, I think. Yeah, when it when it first came out, I was really trying to integrate it to the raid. Like, we made a couple of weak auras, the hunters and I did, and we're like, here, guys, use these weak auras so you know when it's up. And I think a few people got on board with it. And then, like, over time, now it's actually starting to become a staple raid cooldown. Like, I hear Fox at least once for every raid. Uh, boss that we've done so far mm -hmm. whether we see two or three eh, maybe not so often but at least one um so I, i'm glad it's starting to get baked in i don't know if that's going to improve and how many hunters are you guys on. taking we have three okay but i so imagine for good. like yeah when i imagine for foundry and stuff like that when we do the the siege belt boss or whatever that is the one on the bear belts like it's going to be on cooldown from all three of us like there's no doubt sure. about it so and have you used yeah. it much, Bendek, in your group? I, like, I mean, especially in Kargath when you're up top, is that a point where you felt like Aspect of the Fox was, was good to help that group up there? Or, um, Yeah, people just don't know about it. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. they just, they don't. I brought it up and people are just, they kind of, I'm like, you know, just call out on Vent if you need Fox and, I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll pop it. But no, but no one ever does. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, I did I did use it up in the stands because I had a, I had a for a, for the one fight, uh, I had a warlock up there with me, which is not ideal, but he's the only one who volunteered. And I I said I'm gonna pop a fox for you. You see, you'll see a flashing fox above your head. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you notice the fox? He's like, nope. <laughs> so yeah, I I guess I think it's gonna. I think eventually people will catch on. Um, and I, but I think it's gonna take us as hunters to remind. You know, the group that, hey, we've got this ability. Um, and, you know, part of it, too, I think, is there are a few other classes that have these abilities already. Like, I think shamans have, like, spirit grace. And I think there might be a couple other classes that have individual abilities that allow them to to do these movements. And so they're 
those folks are certainly used to taking care of themselves in that regard. But still, I think it is a good cool down and there is some some opportunity, especially like you said, when you're carrying three hunters, I mean, that's you can really chain it one after the other for those long stretches of if there's going to be a long stretch of movement like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the most that we ever found ourselves doing was like back to back. Uh, foxes there's on the on the twin orgron fight there's periods where there's so much fire that moves around the room and you you just can't stay still so i mean foxes like is king for that ability like such a raid uh enhancing cooldown uh in that situation but yeah so like i said like i said like when we were talking about this on the start of the show like i'm also got some really good stuff for hunters like i was kind of it's kind of i think a lot of other people really excited to see that too so, well, the next one after Tectus is Brackenspore. He's the uh, got a couple of interesting mechanics. What did you think about them? I got um, stuck on Creeping Moss duty, so I was I was had that flamethrower attached. So I knew my DPS was going to be garbage, but at least I one. It's fun to just kill things with fire. You know, it's not in, in uh, and it's nice to be able to kind of help out a little bit that way. Though I would have rather have just stood there and, <laughs> and shot the boss because it's not that hard. If, you, if that's all you're doing. Yeah, I had uh, the spore shooter duty. Me and the other hunter were both in mm-hmm. charge of that kind of. And it wasn't too bad on DPS. I missed out on a good bit of cleave because I was single targeting. But it wasn't, I mean, it's not too bad. There's a lot of hunter tricks, you know, that especially uh, in the last few seconds of the raid where I could just pop deterrence and stand in the in the moss and take, hits from that thing without taking any damage just to keep the raid alive long enough to uh, finish the boss. And that was kind of, you know, nice. Well, let me ask you about the the flamethrower then. I mean, did you have, I had, it took a while to get used to it and just managing the the heat on that thing. So for those that may not know, um, it's, you get the extra action button when you get this uh, device and you can turn it on and off. So you can, it has a toggle so you can, you know, in which I think, which is what I ended up doing. I would use like sort of short bursts and it can overheat. So once it overheats, you're, you're screwed. Basically you've got to wait, I think at least 10 seconds for it to start cooling down before you can use it again. So you don't want it to necessarily overheat. Although I've seen some strats that say in the beginning, just burn through it and overheat so you can get the, the damage buff from there. But I don't know. I didn't find that to be all that useful strategy for, for managing it. So how did you end up dealing with it? Delirium. Well, I would. So sorry, I may I misspoke. The spore shooter is the add. Oh, the, I'm sorry. The spore shooter. Thing. I thought you had the. Oh, so I'm the only one that had the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, it might be. yeah. I I pawned <laughs> it off to the other hunter. Um, we actually had one hunter and one melee do it, and that seemed to work yeah. out fairly well because you got a good spread. Like like the hunter was always in the back clearing stuff yep. up, and the melee was in course melee, and he would get anything that started to creep in or around the sides and stuff like that. So we, we found that to work really well. But yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't actually get to do it. Um, I did a little bit of it on beta, mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's kind of outdated and a little irrelevant now. And to be quite frank, I honestly don't remember it all. So yeah, well, in the beta, you could you could I believe you could drop it and throw it on the ground. And yeah, just there was all sorts of weird stuff, wasn't it? Like a uh, I don't even remember if it was a channel back when I was actually using it. I oh, I don't know. Maybe once and like the spell ability came out and uh, <laughs> and then you got a little bit of heat. But yeah, it was it was a while ago. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem was the the longer the I don't know how long the how long was your, your your fight last? Like, how long do you remember how long the length how of your fight? Was for? It was it was a fairly sizable run, like maybe eight, seven, eight, eight minutes. minutes. Don't okay. quote me on that, but no, no, no. He's got a ten minute enrage timer. I know that much, but I don't know 
it just seems like the moss sort of beca- access a little bit of a soft enrage. And once you start getting around that oh, six, that seven minute mark, it becomes very difficult to to keep it under control. Yeah, it, it's a, I thought it was a really well designed fight. Like that was our first like uh, I wouldn't say gear check, but just like raid check. Like, is everyone ready to continue on with harder fights in the game? Because um, you have to prioritize <laughs> yeah. ads and and manage you know the moss very well, and also deal high amounts of damage and interrupt the big guy and all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that one, and I think when we finished the fight, we had a very small circle in the center of the room okay. that was available for people to stand in. Yeah, I think yeah. the the moss is a big part of it. And I think also. Um, Managing those mushrooms too. What is it that that blue mushroom that that buffs everybody? It's I think trying yeah, to keep mushroom. that. Yeah, try and keeping that alive as long as you possibly can and take advantage of that because I think it's like that's like, you know, bloodlust, you know, heroism, <laughs> buff. Yeah, especially it. as marks, that was a lot of fun to see your casts go under the GCD for a while. I was, I was having lots of fun standing by it and trying to get as much from it as I could. But other than that, any special tips for hunters? Um, I saw someone mentioning uh, keeping crows on the ads instead of the boss. I mean, and so is everybody using crows, or, or is anyone using stampede on any of these fights? It's all crows, yeah. All crows, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been taking crows. I think I wrote that. The I, that's just going to be the kind of the mode to get into. You know, that could have been on any number of fights in this in this uh, raid. But and yeah, you it's, it's great to see it, you know, get it your full 15 seconds on one ad and then watch that die and get your full 15 seconds on the next ad and watch it die. Put it up on a mushroom, even if it clips it a few ticks. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that too. And I would say more often than not on some ads, like for like some ads on Bracken Spore, like you can't do this, no doubt about it. Um, just chaining the crows. I think that's a probably a pretty good practice to start getting into if you can get like it's it's so tempting to hit it like right as the ads at 100% health but i like one time i found myself I was like shoot if i just waited like 8 seconds longer it would have been at 70% health and the duration would have refreshed yeah. had i used it then uh so i think that's a good thing to start training yourself with is just being able to get your most uptime on your crows and and you'll see a lot of more uh damage come that way because of it it's a really handy tool for you know throwing around dots and then with bm are you still just using uh Blink strikes, I guess, Bendek, or you found any use for crows? I've heard different things that, you know, a lot of people like crows, um, generally speaking, but I don't know. I mean, I know Blink Strikes was very strong for, for Beast Mastery for so long. Is that, you find that still the case? Um, Blink Strikes is anytime there's any point in the fight, there's more than one target, you're going to want it. But for something like the Butcheress, I like Murder of Crows, even for BM. Mm-hmm. Anything single target, because Murder of Crows is, I don't know, it's pretty awesome now. Yeah, and it's it's a fun ability. I, I like it. I like it too, and I, I just, you know, it's funny. I remember and I'm deviating. I want to say back in MOP at some point, I thought there was even discussion. I think where they were considering removing it from the from the game entirely when they were looking at and and I'm glad they didn't. And I'm glad they found a way to redesign it and make it you know one of our better abilities now because it's just got the cool animation and like you said, there's all that that skill involved now in trying to figure out. What's the, when's the best time to, to pop it on a target so that you can guarantee you're going to get the, the CD refreshed at the end? So the next one is the Twin Orgron. I've not seen this fight, so why don't we... I know you've killed it, Solar. Tell us a little bit about these guys. 
yeah, so this is where things start to ramp up a little bit in terms of difficulty. Um, there's a couple of things hunters can do on this fight to uh, make things a little bit easier. You can't really cleave a whole lot, so it's kind of back to like full-time single target. It's two targets, and they share health pools, like most uh, twin and council fights do. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, you kind of throw cleave out the window on this one. Um, and it, it's, it's a little bit more particularly demanding on the cooldowns. Uh, like Fox was used a lot more. Like the, like when we killed the fight, the turrets was the all used up. I didn't have any charges left. Um, the first thing you're going to notice about this fight, though, is that they throw down these two axes on these random spots on the ground, and these axes just start, I mean, throwing lines of fire into the room left and right, and they move. Uh, and this really throws a wrench into like your healers and your other ranged DPS. So we found this was a really good spot to uh, chain. Uh, aspect of the fox we usually did it like right as the flames were encroaching on the raid and we usually did one or two foxes per uh round of weapons so like we had them back up again after like two or three minutes right but we didn't want to use all of them just in case um other than that though like you can deter through the fire and not have it um bother you that much because the, the, the fire is a really heavy dot um that'll, it'll really mess you up um but you can disengage over it too i didn't uh do it when we were when we were uh raiding but i i believe you can and and you won't get any of the uh the magic dot on you but yeah it's it's pretty hard i mean it's a lot of movement um and then it's uh just like it's like a raid awareness check it's a lot of positioning this fight's big on positioning i won't, I won't get into it too much because i don't think that all of it relates to hunters but uh there's again there's some good stuff for us on this fight too like you'll you'll really notice how much fox makes a difference for your raid when you use it here. I yeah. think it's probably the, the most beneficial time for Fox in this whole raid. Yeah, when we did it, we weren't planning out our Foxes. We were just kind of, if a healer needed it, call it out, and they would call out one of the two hunters' names. Um, so I didn't want to have deterrence up during the fire because I wanted to be able to quickly use Fox without having to cancel my deterrence if I was needing it. So I, I was practicing, you know, just... You can jump, turn, and disengage and get over several lines of fire without much trouble uh, and no t no ticks, so or no stacks of the DOT. Yeah, that's right on. Uh, Just it's, like the, the prisons on Shaw probably used to be able to jump over them with disengage and, right, and pop several. it but not get the stack. Yeah. And so that, you know, I think it's a great place to practice that ability. Um, I don't, I didn't try Gwiffing disengage. It didn't seem necessary, but you could probably, if you're really in a hard spot, that might help. Uh, we were trying to stay fairly stacked, so I had to get back to my spot pretty quickly if I did disengage. So it's not the most helpful thing, but it also just feels cool to fly through the air, as always. Cool. Well, and and that may be the fight, too. Like you said, if it's there's that much movement uh, where people figure out how to use Aspect of the Fox, and it sort of becomes a, a, a staple in the sort of the raid cooldown. Yeah, look, look forward to trying that. So the next one was was Korag, and I again. Uh, so now we're we're, in, we're definitely in territory where I've not seen seen these fights. So you guys will have to. <laughs> I think Solar, you since you've killed just about everything, you know, you you probably can talk a little bit best when to talk about what's yeah, involved and, in this and fight. Yeah, and a lot of these fights have um like more mechanics, and I don't know yeah. how we feel about like building into like this is how you do the fight, other than more than like. As a hunter, I, here was how I handled a few things, which I think yeah, might be a I don't know. If we need relevant. to go into the the full blown right. strategies, but I'd certainly things that hunters can do. I think is useful. Sure. So, 
Korag has one very distinct mechanic that um, makes or breaks the raid. So, uh, he, you know, he's like that crazy magic ogre. And he absorbed, like, one of these ancient Heimal relics, and now he's all magicked up, and who knows what happened to him. Uh, but every now and then in the fight, he casts, uh, I think, I forget what it's called, it's like charge something or other energy. You'll know it when he starts kneeling down, and this huge magical circle appears underneath him, and it looks like he's channeling a big spell. Uh, when that happens, this is a great time for hunters to run into that circle, and you start sharing some of the shield that he is generating for himself. Um, and what happens is your healers are going to want to heal you through this because you start to take damage from it. And um, you can pop deterrence towards the tail end of this to stay in there for a little bit longer and build up an even greater shield. I didn't find this was super necessary because the shield that I already had was sufficient for what I was about to do. Um, but here's what you do anyway. So you get your shield, you run out there when you're almost about to die, um, get topped off, and then you'll start noticing in the room these... Uh, Orbs start to fall from the sky, very much like the princes right, in ICC. Actually, it's identical. Um, and what you want to do is you want to position yourself under these orbs so that right before they hit the ground, they hit you instead. Because if they hit the raid, it's, it's going to be really, 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 really bad. So that's why you have to stand there instead. And thankfully, you have that shield to soak the damage, the tremendous damage that you'd otherwise not be able to do this with, with the shield that you just got. Um, so hunters are very mobile range DPS classes, so that it was why it was so ideal for us to be doing this. Um, however, there's always going to be one more orb that you can't soak. Like, so if you have one person with the shield, there's going to be two orbs. If you have two people, there's going to be three. Um, but yeah, we, we just threw all of our hunters underneath the shield, uh, over the course of the fight and we didn't let one orb hit and we got an achievement when we killed it and everything was great. Um, so yeah, hunters are awesome for that fight. The, the orbs and just being uh, mobile DPSers, and that's, that's about all there is to that one. Barred, barred from killing it and stuff, but that's like our big niche there. Well, it sounds like a fun fight. I mean, yeah, I, it, it sounds like it's a very sort of well-designed uh, raid instance so far with the right amount of ramp up in terms of difficulty and, and, and complexity, I should say, from one yeah. boss to the other. So you're not starting off with something easy then something really hard, and then, you know, maybe that real easy guy in the middle. Though sometimes it's nice to have the easy one sort of towards the end just to kind of catch right. your breath, if you will. But uh, but it I sounds think, like... I think they paced Heimal really well, honestly, starting with, like, Korag and the Butcher. Like, those are all pretty easy. And then, like, Tectus is a little bit of, like, a, hey, what's going on? Bracken's for the same way. And then after that, it all starts to pick up again, which right. is cool. Yeah. And the, the last one in there, of course, is the uh, Imperator Morgok. Uh, he's the final boss in there. Uh, what were your thoughts on him? Now, you you defeated him on normal, and you're going to go crush him on heroic. He was theoretically Monday, dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just wiped like really, really close to killing him, which it was, it was brutal. It's not, we, we were playing a lot better towards the back half of the night than we were at the start. But if we had that all the way through, we probably would have killed him. Would have been like US 20th too. Would have been our highest ranking yet. Gosh, mm. oh, salties. Anyway, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, he's a piece of work, man. On heroic, oh, holy cow! With the gear levels we're at right now, like it's it's dirty. Um, there's not much hunters can do here uh, in terms of helping the raid out, like really at all. It's it's mainly just you know throw the damage at the appropriate targets at the appropriate time. Like there's a lot of ads, so you're gonna need to be comfortable switching to multiple targets. Um, Interrupts, I, I guess, would be dust off your interrupts, guys. There's there's ads in the intermission that cast this really nasty, like, uh, 
It's like a mage spell, but when it shoots at you, it hits uh, enemies or bah, friendly players around you as well. Uh, so if you train yourself on hitting your, uh, what is it called? Counter shot every, what is it, like 20-some yeah. seconds? Like yeah, 24-second cooldown on the on the counter shot. I wish it were yeah. shorter. but Yeah, I, I noticed, I, well, and the reason I mentioned interrupts is because I've been doing a lot of uh, dungeons and heroics on my Resto Druid now, like for my alt I'm gearing up, and uh, nobody, I don't know what it is, but like I can't even believe that no one uses interrupts in dungeons anymore. But yeah, if you guys get used to uh, using counter shot on cooldown, like you'll you'll be surprised at how much damage you actually mitigate um, so like on the raid, like so. Say for example <laughs> that mage spell that I was talking about. Forget the name already. It's like Nether Blast or something. Uh, say that like deals I don't know like eighty damage to you or eighty thousand damage to you and like forty thousand to three other people. That's what two hundred thousand damage. And if you can do that every twenty four seconds, like those numbers start to add up after a while. And that's something that you guys should be practicing too. Uh, but other than that, the fight's basically just uh. Execution. It's all execution. Like you can't make a mistake, or else you already get set behind. On healing, on damage, on everything. It's crazy. But yeah, not like I said, not many hunter-specific things we can do here. There's a force field that comes out that the longer you're like in the force field's draw, the more damage you take. You can disengage over that if you want to, but you can also just run through it and it'll get you out of its pull pretty quickly. But that's that's like all I have to say about this one. Cool. Well, that's 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 Heimal in a in a nutshell. Then, so it's a it's a fun raid. So you guys will probably start Mythic uh, on Tuesday. That's that's your plan, and and jump in that that whole race there. Solar. So that's you guys expect to do that. What's that? I. Oh, I'm sorry. I said you you, so. You, yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, okay. Right. No, I was saying so. Um, that's pretty much it for for a high mall, and at least you guys will probably expect to jump into mythic starting on uh, Tuesday. And, and yeah, yeah, we really hope so. Like we we just kind of clean up that last like six percent and get our butts in gear, and then I think we'll, we'll be ready to go. But yeah, it's it's pretty unforgiving. Yeah. So now that we sort of walked through the instance, um, and we sort of had this discussion a little bit, I was wondering how do hunters seem to be doing overall? Maybe we could talk about that in. I don't know how much log data there is out there. If you guys, anyone here has had a chance to peruse any of that to see where where hunters are falling. I mean, I would be shocked to hear anything other than the fact that Marksman and Lone Wolf wasn't the top choice, at least, of, of spec for fur hunters. Um, like we've got someone in our uh, group, one of our hunters running as survival, and he's doing okay with it. He'd probably do better with Marksman, but, he, but he's... Certainly not a liability, but I, I noticed um, him getting some couple. Uh, one of the kills was was getting a pretty decent ranked uh, uh, parse for survival hunter, and mainly because was, was he rank one of one survival hunter. So I don't even know anybody who's playing. <laughs> I I don't. It wasn't one of one. It was like eighty two or something like that. But but I was saying in part, you know, because no one's playing survival right so it's very right. easy easy to do and i'm not trying to to, to disparage him as a hunter. no no i mean that's it's cool it's always but, nice to see your name up there but yeah I'm, but, let's let's talk about this because i know bendak you have you have an article on this let's let's get down into it i think there's going to be some really good opinions in here yeah <clears throat> so yeah why don't you why don't you talk about some of the what you've heard from some people uh bendak about you know their experiences of running marks or in this case not running marks and some of the the, the general feedback and flack they've been taking. 
Yeah, so I don't know how widespread this re- truly is because about half the people that respond say, I haven't seen this, and then the other half say, I have seen it. But for me, it started when a couple of, like two separate guildmates mentioned that they're hunters and they mentioned that they got kicked from heroic groups because they weren't playing as MM Lone Wolf. And this was two separate things. They didn't even pull a single trash mob or boss. They just got kicked because they were not playing MM. And so, and then I heard from, I saw. When you say, uh, I'm sorry. When you say heroic groups, you're talking about five man dungeons. Here, five correct? mans, yeah, yeah, versus yeah. heroic raid. Okay. Yeah, and then in a previous article too, someone mentioned something in the comments on my site too. I saw some other hunter. He posted in trade chat. He was asking questions, and then someone started to belittle him for not playing MM. And then everyone on trade chat jumped in on him. I like whispered him, and you know, told him like it's okay, just play what you want. And then I got two emails from two separate people over the past few days saying that they're also getting kicked from heroics. They they weren't even like pissed or anything. They're just like genuinely like asking me advice. They're like, so do, do I have to switch to marksmanship? Like what's going on here? Like the one guy was in, he got kicked out of two different, I think it was two different high mall um, normal normal mode groups because he was playing as BM. And then the other guy was getting kicked out of heroics and getting belittled by his guild because he wasn't playing as MM. I'm like, where is this even coming from? Like, have you guys seen any of this anywhere? Uh, I've, I, the only thing that I've seen, that, that's a little extreme. Like, like we said kind of before the show, I don't know if uh, kicking the person or like public shaming them would be the first thing that would come to my mind. But a lot of people are upset that, uh, and I think we touched more on this part last week, that they, that they don't get to play with the pet. I think the lone wolf turns off a lot of people. Um, given that though, I, I just want to say my piece on this. Um, I don't think it was right. The guy got kicked out of the raid. Like obviously for like a normal raiding group, if he's BM and he's doing like, just, this is a made up number 15 K and the marksman hunter in there is doing like 18.5 K. I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. Like obviously marksman, no matter how you cut it played well is going to do more damage single target than beast mastery is how many fights are single target in the high mall right now Four. Um, you know, and out of, what is it? Seven? Yeah, out of seven. Um, and if, here's, here's the example I always use. If you, if you play marksmanship and you don't play it that well, like you don't, I'm not saying like this is a fault on your part. Maybe you're just not that well versed with it. You, you're missing, um, like chimera shots on cooldown because you don't have enough focus. Like you're, you're just juggling all over the place. And, and you lose DPS because of that. Say you lose 4K. So now you're playing Marksman, and instead of doing 18.5K, you're doing 14.5K. And if you played BM and you maximize all your BM, whatnot, you're doing 15K DPS, like we said that the gentleman was in our theoretical situation right here. Like, that would be the only time that I would say, yes, you're not ready to play Marksman yet. Try out Beast Mastery. You're probably going to do better with it. But if you guys learn, and I don't know why I said you guys, but if hunters learn and train and play so that they're adaptable. Like I can play all three specs right now, no problem. It's and and that's just because it, you you want to be versatile. Like in the event that these situations do arise, that you can rise to the challenge. Because in my opinion, when you step into a raid, everything changes. It's not just you now. It's you and nine other people. You and twenty other people. You know things change, and and that's the way I see it. But as I close out on this on this uh, pedestal, uh, there is something to be said for playing what you like. It's just where do you draw the line uh, in terms of how you want to run or how the raid presents itself. 
Agree or disagree? What are our thoughts on that? I, I guess part of my feeling is um, whether you're looking at, like, say, a five-man dungeon, for example, there's a certain amount of DPS that's required to clear the place and, and get things done. And as people get gear and they become better, um, no matter what spec you use, you're, the group is probably going to have enough damage to to defeat, you know, to clear that dungeon. So, I mean, I don't think you should have any issues playing Beast Mastery or, or whatever you want in, in a five-man dungeon situation. I think raiding, especially in the beginning, is, is a little bit different <laughs> where, uh, you know, when you talk about wiping at 10% or 5% or 7%, that's where early on I think it really, really matters where that, that, that little bit of extra DPS that you might have gotten from Marksman could be could very well be the difference, you know, having kill shot available at 35%, for example, instead of 20% might matter. So, yeah, I don't I, I think I think the five mans, like, you're right, it totally doesn't matter. Like, the, the, the requirement for five mans and maybe some heroics is a lot less than what it's going to be for, like, a raid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think if you're, if you're, like, a dungeoneer, like, yeah, you can probably get away with doing whatever you want. But, yeah, I, I just, I just meant more when, when you share, uh, time with so many other individuals yep. for a certain amount of time over a week week in week out then that's why i thought it changed but yeah yeah I, I just think a lot of people though they hear marksman lone wolf and then they don't really that's like the depth of their analysis you yeah. know in terms of thinking and they don't look at other factors like hey your group is full heroic raid geared and you're now stepping into a normal instance and you got everybody knows the fights does it really matter at that point that you're running as Beast Mastery? Probably not, because that Beast Mastery Hunter is probably going to pump out more than enough damage, you know, to meet the requirements of, of that particular rate. But if you're stepping into Mythic, it might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, or, like, or look at it this way. I totally forgot about this. But, like, say uh, for progression, you, you know, you, you bit the bullet here and you learn how to play Marks and you played Marks for five months or whatever and then farm content comes along and it doesn't none of it matters anymore none of it matters you guys are killing the bosses three four minutes faster than you were before when you started killing it during progression play whatever you want uh we we used to have dumb marksman offs back when marksman sucked on <laughs> on uh iron juggernaut to see who could pull the most damage as marksman because it was fun and it, and it didn't really matter at that point so like if you wanted to you know really pedal to the metal for like the first half of the tier and then just kick back and relax and enjoy the spec that you enjoy playing towards the back half. Like that'd be totally acceptable. There'd be no problem whatsoever with that. I just kind of look at the, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I just, I've seen a hunter on the forums actually was saying they got kicked from a five man heroic because they didn't have a pet out and somebody was complaining, Oh, you know, this, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's a hunter. He doesn't (laughs) even have a pet out. So you're kind of, I mean, the crux of it is pugs, people in pugs are stupid. There's there's no way to get oh, around yeah. that. Yeah, that's if you want to play in a pug, you're going to have to play with some really idiots. Um, and I think that's just part of the nature of WoW and pugging, you know, and group finder. It's not, it seems like usually five bands aren't as bad as LFR, but sometimes they're just as bad. And so it's just part of it. But I think the real crux of this issue is it's, I don't think, you should have to choose between, you know, Marksman, Lone Wolf right now, it's not a hunter spec. It doesn't feel like playing a hunter. I, I'm playing it because I want to do lots of DPS. But um, if that's not how you have fun, if you have fun playing a hunter, then 
you should be allowed to. And I feel like it's really on Blizzard to fix this. It's not your fault for wanting to play a hunter. Blizzard needs to get their act together. I mean, in MLP, there was no real wrong spec. For normal mode progression, you could play anything you wanted. Uh, you know, maybe not if you're going for realm first or, you know, high rankings. But in normal mode, sure, you could play. There is no wrong. Whereas in Cataclysm and Wrath, there were wrong specs. And I think we were getting back to that point where Blizzard has just gotten so much worse at balancing all of a sudden. Right. Like, I don't know if what it was, the... If it was a perfect world MMO right now, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because everything did the same damage or, like, had one niche where, like, oh, for this fight you go BM just because you get to AoE or a whole bunch. But after that, like, it doesn't matter what you play. Like, that would be the ideal state. Right, yeah. And I feel like in MLP it was, like, you know, the worst and the best were maybe 5% apart. It wasn't this 25, 30, 50% difference. You know, it was 5%. So you were sacrificing something by choosing the spec you wanted over the best spec, but you weren't sacrificing, you know, a raid. You weren't making your fellow raiders have to, uh, you know, deal with somebody doing half the damage. But it's not that bad. It's like on paper, it's 15% on paper. And then in the real world, I'm guessing it's more around the lines of like 5 to 10%. Yeah, I don't, on, on, especially on single target, like on Butcher, uh, we had a hunter who he wanted to try um, BM, and he was really struggling to pull 14, 15K on Butcher when yeah. I was able to pull 22. I, I would say that's where you really start to see it, is just single target differences between mm -hmm. uh, a player who, who relatively knows how to play Marksman and a player who relatively knows how to play Beastmastery. Like, it's, it just, it's there. Like, the, the, the proof is in the pudding on that one. But I think outside of that, um, on AoE and stuff like that, you can get away with a little bit more diversity. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd, I like know. To see, I'd like to see how that hunter would do as marksman, though, because yeah. I mean that's not a really good yeah, metric. He switched, and I mean this was somebody in in MOP, you know, in Siege. He was beating me half the time. You know, we were really competing when we were both playing Beastmaster or Survival. You know, we were we were pretty neck and neck, and so it's not. I don't think he's a. He's definitely not a bad hunter. He's not as used to marksmanship, so he's not yet hitting the same numbers that I'm hitting. But and he's a really good hunter and really good at BM, especially. So it's it's sad to see somebody who's really focuses on that spec and has learned the ins and outs of it, but you you just can't make it up on single target right now. And I mean, I noticed for myself, like last night we were working on Kargath on on heroic, and we had several attempts. So there are a couple attempts where I just flipped to to Beast Mastery just for my own comparison. And for me, I mean, I really sort of dropped off, and I think a lot, you know, the positioning on the meters on the attempts. Uh, where I did BM is like uh, it was a noticeable difference for myself, and I think part of that though is just that opener, you know, where you just hit so freaking hard um, with with marksman, so you just lose out in so much DPS. So for me, I mean, marksman was a was a better choice. But let me ask this question because I mean, we talk about marksmanship and lone wolf. Um, I mean, what happens if you go marksmanship and then take uh, focusing shot? I mean, how big of a drop off are we talking there? Because now now you feel a little bit more like a hunter. You've got a pet out. I mean, is that a bad decision if, if, if someone's more comfortable well, with Delir and that. I were talking about this uh, earlier and, and we and we said it was um, it was kind of interesting because when you take focusing shot over a lone wolf you don't really like see a huge difference numbers wise but what what happens is you really start to restrict you tether yourself so much because you have to stand still to make the cast mm -hmm. you want to try and keep up your sniper training you really really have to be comfortable in, in dedicating yourself to a certain couple of spots for a fairly long time 
Uh, and I don't think this would work very well for intensive movement fights at all. Like you, you could, you could opt to do it, but I think you would not get, uh, as good of results if you have to make any sort of adjustment, uh, position wise on the encounter with delirium. Don't you feel just about the same way? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I would have said. There's, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we start seeing the top parses for hunters using focusing shot. And it's going to be the case where their raid just lets them stand still and say, you know, we're just going to heal you through damage. We're going to let you, you know, do this just, just to cheese the meters and get a good parse. You know, and, and but that's the only way to really make it happen. If you're doing progression, if you're trying to be a team player and help out the raid and help out your healers, then it's going to be really tough to get focusing shot to be as effective. And then focusing shot with... Uh... What's the talent? Steady focus. Is that even a good comment? On paper, it seems like that's like a, a really good match, like synergy wise, because, you know, one focusing shot and boom, you've got that nice steady focus buff. But I don't know that it works out <laughs> in practice to be all that great. But what are thoughts on that, too? Uh, I haven't messed with the math on that one. Have you? Yeah, yeah I mean, it. yeah, I think on paper it comes out really similar. You might end up even focus ahead. The reason Thrill in practice is coming out so much better is because you're getting those aim shots right when you need them in your careful yep. aim, in your uh, you know rapid fire. You have you can cast a lot more during your burst periods, and so I think that's why most hunters are running Thrill and are getting good results with it. Um, I haven't tried steady focus enough to really have a good grasp on how well it's actually doing though. Uh one of my other hunters in the raid group said he was messing with it because he saw some logs where people were still using steady focus back from the pre-patch. Remember when that was kind of a thing for a moment? And um, I think he went back to Thrill just for the sole reason of the openers were so strong. Like, I think he might have come back around like after. Remember our insane burst starts to peter off a little bit, but I, I still think Thrill is, is pretty awesome. All right. All right. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. I need to drop. You guys, please carry on. This is a great discussion, and uh, but I, I've got real life thing i got to run off to here. So uh, great show, great discussion, and I can't wait to listen to the rest of it myself. But uh, I, th I think you timed it up pretty well, man. I think we're on questions, and then we'll be <laughs> following suit. All right. All right. Take care, guys. See you later. Okay, so... I will, I will start to spearhead the movement through the rest of the show notes now. Do we have anything else to uh, mention towards the uh, this discussion with uh, BM and Talents and Marksman and Talents? Yeah, I mean, I don't else? know if we, I don't know if we really came to a conclusion. Sorry for anybody who really wants to play BM or SV. Um, yeah, I hope. Well, I, think I, mean, I, think, I think if you want to, you should still I, play it. I think you should just still play it if you want to. I'm just like. I'm pretty salty over this whole thing. I just yeah. play it. People, it. anybody who's listening, if you're in a five-man and kicking somebody for running a spec, you're a terrible person. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, that is pretty messed up. But like I said, like I mean, I, I, I said my piece on it already. Like I feel I feel like if you are trying to push the envelope really slightly, you should probably pick the more optimal. But like enjoying the game you're playing obviously trumps everything. So if you like being more, you know, go for it. I think we did arrive to a fairly good conclusion. I think we all said our, our piece on it and, and gave some good points for each side. And sounds good. So let's get to some Q&A. Keldul from Twitter asks, Which abilities best benefit from multi-strike? I have an on-use trinket. Does barrage? 
um that's yeah so right now pretty much everything is going to benefit equally you know barrage does get a lot of benefit because you can get a lot more multi-strikes in a short period but each of your multi-strikes are going to be for very small amounts uh so it's actually going to take you know one sixteenth of the full damage of barrage and do a 33 percent multi-strike from that one sixteenth so each hit has the option so it's not going to do any better than an amp shot um the only reason it would come out better is because you're getting an average of all of those. So you have a much higher chance of getting a normalized multi-strike. But I'm not sure if that's actually going to be beneficial. I don't know. Uh, is this is one of the 615s? I'm not sure if I know all of the trinkets right now. So, or either of you guys know which trinket we're talking about? Uh, the on-use one? The one I have? The Gorshan's Lodestone Spike? The one that's static agility and then on-use it grants 1,000 multi-strike? That one? Yeah, I guess so. So is that, do you have any tips on yeah, how to yeah, use that? Yeah, that's probably talking about the same trinket, man. So yeah, I do try and line that up with Barrage. So I use it on my opener, of course, like you would with most trinkets. And then after that, it's on a minute and a half cooldown. And every now and then it does line up with Barrage. So I'll hold the trinket and I'll, I'll uh, line it up with Barrage. Um, the only time that I'll, I'll save it again is when like the next round of cooldowns are up. So like when Murder and Rapid Fire are going to be up together again after the two minute mark on the pull. That's when I'll, I'll pull it up for the rapid fire and crows and use the trinket there. So basically, you just want to line it up with things that make sense to it at the time. Like you can get it on a few barrages, and then you always want to line it up with the big double whammy uh, rapid fire and murder. Yeah, we yeah. sounds like we have the same trinket. Using it with rapid fire sounds like the best advice. I don't know how many times are you? You said just the once you're trying to line it up at the beginning, and then one other time. Are oh, yeah, you using so that I, at the I same do, time? I do it on the pull, of course. I do it on the pull, and then. And then, like I said, so Murder's on a one-minute cooldown, generally speaking, and Rapid Fire's on two. So when those line up again on the two-minute mark, I'll save it for that as well. Cool. Is that when you're using your potion? So you're kind of tripling up on all that? Or just doing I'll the, the Right, yeah, exactly. Wait, who's going off on Skype here? Everyone here? All right, all right, next question. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, oh, I like this one. All right, so Wingstar from Twitter asks, uh, best pet uh, for BM DPS looks like it's the Shale Spider. Am I right? 5% agility plus 5% crit in addition to him having a defensive cooldown. Uh, yeah, that Shale Spider is awesome. Yeah. It, it is the... Uh, there it is, yeah. yeah. Best pet to have if you're doing any form of soloing. Um, I still need to actually get my hands on one. I was doing my soloing uh, this week with my trusty spirit beast. Still, um, I think that heal is pretty much, pretty much not even worth using anymore. I think I got it off a couple times, but it's just it's not as strong as it used to be. In that spirit man. Um, but yeah, shell spider is really good. You should get your hands on one. I I was doing some soloing in, in uh, Throne of Thunder areas this week for some mounts and uh, killed Nalik. And Jinrock and Horridon in Throne of Thunder. Didn't get any mounts, but it was still really, really fun to do. Uh, I tried to pull Council. Um, huge kick in the butt. Uh, but I, I know Tordos and Megara and G Kuhn and a few other ones in there to be so liberal. I was just going in there for a little bit of a mount run. But um, yeah, Shale Spider, I'll probably come back with next week just because of that. Well, Bendak, do you have any suggestions for like a favorite? Is there are there any cool looking shell spotters? I know I just have a very typical one from Deep Home, I think. Unfortunately, no. There's only one look, and then there's a handful of colors. That's all there is. There's a few of us pushing that they should change it to uh, 
shale beast and like give you some of the other rock creatures in the same family like those rock worms but right now it's just the little spiders yeah that's cool uh the next question is from jd fuyumane i'm sorry i can't pronounce that um which weapon mogs are you guys rocking there's a couple of pretty good new ones in wad um i'm not using any any warlords ones but uh there's that one gun. I think it's from yeah, the docks, Iron Dogs. The Black Iron Sniper Rifle. Yes. Ooh, that's I think a good it looks model. Cool. I haven't yeah. got it yet, but it looks pretty nice. Um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a nice crossbow, too. It's You can just get it from like quest rewards and stuff. But the thing I like about it is it's like one of the only crossbows that's actually large when you put it on your back. Like So, so many of them just turn into these little dinky toys. But this one actually stays nice and big. I, I forget what it's called because there's like a million things that have it, but you'll probably get it from a, a rare mob or something like that. Yeah, so I've been using the uh, actually the PvP gun. I you know got that last week or whenever, and uh, I really like it a lot. It's very basic, but it uh, kind of reminds me of I don't know if anybody played Final Fantasy games, and I think it was Final Fantasy VII. I confirmed this with one of my guildmates, but I already forgot which one it was. But they had this uh, gun blade that was a you know it's kind of a fun idea, and so the PvP weapons right now look like that. It's got this great blade coming off of it from the bottom, and it's got three barrels. And I just really enjoy the simplicity of it, and as a Janai, I get to flip it over. It's lots of fun. Those sound pretty cool. Yeah, I actually made a new mod with some of the PvP gear. You know the. It's just the honor gear for now. That that it's got that big shoulder that comes up with that like red gem in the center. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I, I, that I well. got that shoulder piece and I mixed it with a few other kind of like uh, iron and red looking pieces, and it actually turned out to be pretty cool looking sets. So, yeah, mogging is always fun. What do you guys think about the uh, the challenge mode weapons? Oh, I'm I'm gonna be rocking one when I get there. <laughs> no doubt about it. The uh, the bow is just. It's killer. The gun, I think, is totally weak. I don't really get the whole floating pieces and crystal laser shooter. Like, that That seems weird to me. But that uh, Loke Delar bow, as I like to think of it, uh, that thing's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, funny, because I, like I, hear, I hear the opposite from a lot of people. Where they, they don't like the bow, but they like the gun, and then other people are like you. It seems like a love or hate thing. Uh, the gun's kind of, it's kind of like out there, but it's, I don't know, Space it's, it's something, there's something cool about having like a pulse rifle and wow. <laughs> yeah, you need to make, I don't know, what kind of mod would you put that with? Something, what would that remind me of? Like yeah, I don't know, it's hard It's hard to think of one. Like, I mean, blue. You, something blue. The, the challenge mode bow, it's, it actually goes pretty well with the challenge mode armor. I believe it, yeah. Oh, here we got another question. All right, this is an email asking about hunter talents. Um, okay. So David sent us an email asking about Hunter Talents. So pretty much all of the Hunter Talents are take X because it's the best. Uh, there is no choice involved. And honestly, the only reason for taking something else is because BM favors pet damage. Even our CC talent has no choice. What could Blizzard do to improve the choices in the talent tree? Delirium, looks like you got a piece on this, man. What's up? All right. So I, I kind of disagree. I'm pretty impressed with how they've done... The talent tree right now in that it's I don't think it's it you're uh, David you're right and that it is take asks because it's the best but there are lots of different situations it seems like where one is the best and one isn't and we kind of already touched into focusing shot versus 
versus Lone Wolf earlier. Um, I think Barrage and Glaive Toss and Power Shot, there's definitely times where I use Power Shot mostly on Eye of the Storm when I'm doing that BG. But there's a few other times where I like that a lot. Um, with CC, sometimes I take, I mean, I almost all the time take Binding Shot. It, I really like it. It's lots of fun. But when soloing stuff, sometimes I take Wyvern Sting just so I have an easier, you know, smaller pull and I can put up double CCs. Uh, so I, I feel like they've done a pretty good job of making kind of niche talents that have a use. So I have a chance to play almost every talent. I was trying to think when I saw this question, I think exhilaration and intimidation are the only talents yeah. that I haven't taken in WOD. Everything else I've used at some point in Warlords, yeah, which isn't like very long saying. so far. I don't think I don't think exhilarate. It just needs to go. I don't even think I've ever clicked that button before. Like I don't I don't think if you looked at my entire GCD log for however long that ability's been in there, it has never been used. It's so unappealing. And when I see and when I see some hunters with that, you just have to know that it's like, oh my gosh, are they are they new or do they just like when does that even come up? And like, how do you not see the other two choices and be like, oh, that looks better than this two minute cooldown that heals me for nothing? Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if they made, I don't know, I, I was I was talking to Shoot about this. I really wish one of our talents could become like an on-use leech or like a passive leech. Like I think that would make Spirit Bond way more cool, especially if you had Lone Wolf. Like how neat would that be? Like it became leech instead of, because you can't have your pet Lone Wolf. So it became something different or, or versatile. I don't even know versatility maybe, but... Yeah, it, like I wish I could see some change in that tier. Like it's been a while since I used intimidation. Wyvern Sting's a little bit more appealing. Um, if you if you want to opt out of Binding Shot, um, but yeah, Exotic Munitions needs a, needs a buff still. Like I, I still think they need to work on that because I, I I ran uh, the what is it called the poisoned ammo when I was doing some yeah. uh, soloing and even on like longer fights. Just to check it out, it contributed to like three percent of my damage. So I was like, "Yeah, that's just that's a wash. Toss that out." Yeah, it's. I'm I'm happy with pretty much all the talent tiers except except for the 100 tier. Yeah, so yeah. I've actually been yeah, using frozen or not frozen the poison ammo in PvP, and I really like having that extra dot and the stacking. You know, like let it, watching it get a little bit harder hitting as I get more auto shots on someone, or I can you know kind of spread it out and. Put the dot on one person, then put the dot on someone well, else. Yeah, exa exactly. Like that works great for stealthers because I mean, outside of outside of actually multi-shotting a a rogue, which I don't know why you'd ever do that unless to get the serpent sting up. That's our only dot we have anymore, you know. Outside of uh, survival hunters, so yeah, I mean, it has its uses in PvP for sure for keeping things in combat um, or or stealthers on their toes. Yeah. So. Especially re like this last week, I was playing a lot of SV and BM uh, PvP, but this last week I've been doing almost all MM and having a dot. You know, they took away our serpent scene, and now we have a dot other than crows, uh, which is kind of a dot, I guess. But having that one that's constantly up is just really—I don't know—I like having it there. Yeah. And so that that might be the crux of a lot of the if you're only a PvP hunter or you're only a PvE hunter, then it seems like there's no use for a lot of the talents. Yeah, you, know, you, you get definitely changes, a lot less. Right. And I don't I mean, from my perspective that's okay, but I could I think, you know, Blizzard's a really good company at making things like they're they've got a lot of really creative guys. So I could see them, 
you know, I don't, I don't think it's wrong of somebody to say, you know, we want these things to be interesting in PvE and PvP. There's, yeah. you know, that's a fine request. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's, it's but yeah, fair I to mean, ask. Maybe, maybe by 6.2, if we, if we still want it, I mean, I feel like Blizzard thinks that they've taken care of us enough, you know, with our damage and our, you know, uh, play styles like Marksman and BM and stuff like that. I feel like they thought that their pass was good enough for WAD, but Honestly, by come six point two, I'd like to see some more changes to uh, making some with some more talents, like you said, a little bit more appealing. Because I don't think it's quite there yet. Not there, not there just yet. But uh, let's let's keep going on. We got some questions from chat room here. We got some quick and easy ones. So Justin Bragg nine one one wants to know what's the best looking hunter tier set and matching weapon for transmog. So tier set and weapon. I'll need to think on this just for a second, but do you guys have one that pops immediately into mind? Yeah, for me, the, my favorite tier set is a Gronstalker. Um, without the helm, I use a eye patch, and then I usually use the golden bow with it. I think I just think it looks awesome. It even looks better on the uh, the updated dwarf model than it did on the previous one. No yeah, tower, nothing new dwarf like that. Model is just great, man. I've seen yeah. your mog; it's, it's nice. Uh, dwarves really rock the eye patch too. Delirium, do you have one? I'm still trying to think. Like it has to be actual yeah. tier, which <laughs> all my sets are usually mix and match. Like I'll I'll take a piece from here and an off piece from here, and I'll sling it all together. But my favorite was I think I don't I don't remember the tier exactly. I think it was seven point five. Uh, but the Valorous Crypt Stalker. Um, well, I, oh yeah, yeah. I like the, stuff, it's, yeah. You know, it's really dark, especially on. I one of my Janai alt hunters has it, and I think it looks really great with him. Um, you know, with the huge shoulders of the Janai, and uh, I like the dark colors. It's got this kind of demon face thing going on, but it's well, not it's really funny obvious. Because I got the helm on right now, on my hunter. Yeah, so so I think that's my favorite. I'm not a huge Maw guy. I don't know a lot of the sets, but that's my favorite that I've got. I'd have to go. I'd I'd say the Mog, the, the tier set that I return to most is the Firelands tier, the heroic one, the deep red. I always take off the helm because wearing Shanix's face is like totally stupid in my opinion. But uh, I like the Flamewalker stuff. It looks really cool and it matches well with the bow from the same instance from Ragnaros, Arathar, the Eye of Flame. I think the reason I like this so much is just because name is Solar. I always use the Fire Lord title. <laughs> Things are on fire. Like it just it's it's a fun little identity to have. So. What what's uh race are you playing right now? Farn. Oh okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I I have that set on uh my main Janai, and it against his purple skin, it just looks so bright pink or like kind of this peach color. Yeah, and it would, doesn't doesn't do it well. Probably on him. doesn't do well. Yeah, if I I would imagine so. Yeah, the Tarn rocks it pretty well. Um, it looks neat on smaller races too, like Blood Elves and stuff like that. I was a uh, I was a female blood elf for like the first bit of siege, and like you just got like this nice fiery red color instead of seeing a lot of detail, right? Because they're so small, you just saw a nice flaming uh, elf there instead. But yeah, that's probably yeah, that's cool. Here. Um, and we have one more from Joey the Mule. He's got a question: Where to find good rundown of talents for marksmen? I use icy veins, but most of the time this group is a plus for staying ahead of the game. You guys, have anything to say? Yeah, I guess the Warcraft Hunters Union. Um, yeah, you could always check our, our main site, no doubt about it. Interestingly enough, one of our staffers, uh, Azrotherion, he actually uh, was able to take control of the Icy Veins Hunter Guide, and he actually 
uh, ran it through um, with his with his strong Danish hands, and he's got everything covered. Like the the, the icy veins guide for hunters is hands down an updated resource for you to check out right now. Everything you need to know, but Warcraft Hunters Union first, right? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure of the exact details on this, but I think somebody's actually been emailing Noxic also and trying to. Because a lot of people still go there because they have high on Google rankings. Um, so and say, what, what's, what's bringing the crowd? Well. But yeah, right. Uh, you know, and just see if we can get some agreements, get them to <laughs> agree with us. So I think yeah. somebody's been trying to get them in line also. So we should hopefully Good. have more agreement soon between all our sites. I don't know, uh, Ben Dak, you do guides for Wowhead. Yeah, that one agrees pretty much with the icy veins. The Wowhead ones is more uh, instead of it's more general about all the specs, and it's more aimed towards beginners. But I mean, it just comes to the same conclusions, like just to keep it consistent. So, yeah, it sucks when people go to different sites and it tells them different things, and it's like, which one do I believe? Yeah, I also yeah. forgot to mention one other resource. I saw it in chat, and they do bring it up. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, it it it's got some really good points that you won't see in many other guides right now. So if you go to MMO Champion and you go to the Hunter thread, you, you should find, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not sticky actually, but it usually manages to stay on the top, but it's Azertharian's Universal Hunter Guide. Um, and it's super good. It tells you all the stat weights, all of the uh, rotations, openers, talent choices. Uh, it's It's got almost everything you need, I think. Um, and then if you have a question, it's really active, so you can post in the forum as well. But yeah, Azertharian did. I I don't know why he's actually playing a feral druid right now over a hunter, but he still keeps all this stuff nice and pruned and up to date. So yeah, if you guys want to check that out on MMO Champion too, it's got uh, it's got a lot of goodies. Yeah, I'm not sure the Elitist Jerks uh, site forum usually has a sticky. Also, I haven't visited there lately. It's been kind of calm over there so i'm not sure if they've got a guide up or who's uh running it right now but usually they've got good information there too so it's worth checking out <laughs> and now you have every hunter source ever that's good it's good stuff though that's all that's all you need but um i think that that uh, wraps up the tail end of our questions here uh you've been listening to episode 206 of the hunting party podcast um, I'm Solar Flare from the J.J. Abrams movies and at the underscore Solar Flare on Twitter. I'm Delirium from ThrillOfTheWild.com and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast, WoW Insider, and Bendak WoW on Twitter. All right, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or add our RSS feed to your reader. Links are available on the show notes. If you have a question or a topic you would like to discuss on the show, email us at huntingpartypodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at huntingpartypod. Don't forget to follow as well. All of our show updates are on there. Um, Always flare at the checkpoints. Always heed the thrill of the wild. Keep your eyes on the beast. Or the horde. And there it is. That's right. Lifestealer. That's just the cost of being Souls. I'm a dues player, a boss slayer, I rock out with my lock
worried about my threat Cause I've got FD and misdirect Catching loose mobs in my traps I never miss cause I am hip caps Cause I'm the hunter Now let's begin with Illidan, Osirian, and Gilgadim, Magdamar, Asgalore, Gruul, Cthulhu, and Razorgore, Onyxia to Ragnaros, which one have we killed the most? Kel'Thuzad to Malagos, we even killed Akama's ghost. Sapiron, Lucifer, Sulfuron, Archimon, 